opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. For Sunday night, August 15th, 2021, presented by Anime North, this is episode 49 of the Anime Roundtable Canada. Good evening from Six Points, 10 minutes south of the Anime North compound in the Toronto West End. Mike Nicholas with you. Joined by Kevin Ng, Mohamed Shamarki, and Jeff Gregg. Just a quick reminder again, if you want in on the conversation, you can contact us. You can email us, animeroundtable at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Anime Roundtable. Please give us a follow there and you're going to hear from us for sure. AnimeRoundtable.com is our website for show notes and past episodes. And yes, we do have a presence on Facebook. What are the means we don't use right now? Facebook, Snapchat. Twitch, YouTube, Snapchat, Twitter. yeah. TikTok. Just about everything else. <laughs> Live journal. Pinterest. <laughs> Tumblr. Yeah, that's about right. Discord, that's the one I, I want to remember. Well, okay, as you might guess, the name we haven't brought up tonight is James Austin. Austin's off again tonight for some family functions. Happy birthday to three members of his family. They're celebrating all their birthdays tonight, and that's where James is. So uh, happy birthday to uh, those members of the Austin clan. Okay, where do you want to start tonight? I know where we're charting, we've charted much of the course, but we didn't chart the start of it tonight. I would have liked to follow up on the Space Eater chat from last week. And for reference, this is now the fourth week in a row we're doing an episode. We haven't done that in, well, years, more than a decade. Like, I would say the better part of 12 years, we haven't done episodes in four consecutive weeks of any sort or any sort of recording in four consecutive weeks. This is the first time we've done it in the, in the version two era. I think we've rarely gone weeks without, without James being around too. Mm-hmm. I would have wanted to follow up on the space heater chat we did last week, but obviously James isn't here. And Jeff hasn't heard it yet. Way to go. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, uh, a big part of that, and maybe this is the reason why I should listen to it, but I don't think I've read Japanese comics outside of Shaman King in years now. Um, And even that, it's just sort of flipping through um, like re-releases, or sorry, flipping through the the re-releases that have come out. Um, none of the, the titles that have, uh, been dropping have completely, um, I guess, uh, attracted me, uh, to them. I'm, I'm more than happy to, to wait for the animation where I get, uh, cool theme songs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I hear you on that. It's, it's okay. like with me in anime, how I watch an episode of Gundam Build Fighters once every three to four weeks with a friend. And 
Aside from that and the occasional hentai, I don't watch any anime as of late. Unless I'm with somebody else. Hmm. Mo has nothing to add to this discussion, does he? I mean, I'm I'm more on the bandwagon sort of person. Like, I, I haven't read anything new in a while. I've, like, reread Air Gear and, like, Monster and shit. Like, stuff I like, oh, own and stuff. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. It's, it's... I'm, like, hit or miss with the manga. For me, it's... Well, I guess I'm, I'm the victim of the media mix. So I'll see something fairly recent or see a title I haven't seen in a long time, and it'll come to mind whether or not I've read the manga equivalent or whatever previous adaptation or previous version there have been in another medium. And there's some curiosity. So obviously we've, in the pandemic series, I've rifed off a bunch of shows that I've taken interest since then in their manga or light novel adaptations. For Adora, I now have the uh, light novels after watching the anime. Um, Wave, listen to me. I'm curious about eventually buying the manga. Wotokoi, I know that the manga has recently finished up. I'll wait to see what the final version of it looks like in English. What's another one? Silent Voice. Kevin just uh, tempt, uh, talked me out of buying the softbox <laughs> set and told me to wait up for the hardcover version that'll come out in October of, of the manga. Watch the movie. Durable. It's Sorry? It'll be more durable. It'll probably look nicer, too. And for reference, the... And here's a plug, because we're going to talk streaming services a bit later on. And you know, and the listeners already know where that's going to sort of go. Silent Voices, as far uh, as of last report, still on Netflix Canada. All of you in the states can VPN that. I think it's, the list goes it's, on and on. Earlier this week, we mentioned the we mentioned the Japan Foundation Film Festival, the JFF Plus. Within it, there was Cafe Funikuli Funikula, and that's based on a book called Before the Coffee Gets Cold. The movie, well, we saw, I saw it as a movie. I read the book. I will tell you now, the movie was better. It's one of those rare cases I liked the movie way more than the book. A lot more emotional punch, especially if you're a fan of something like Midnight Diner. Another adaptation that was shown throughout that festival was The Great Passage. And that was the first adaptation of a novel that came out, I believe, in 2011. Don't quote me on that. I will double check. 13. The movie was 20... Sorry? It was 2013. Well, 2013. And then the movie was what? 2014? No, sorry. The movie was 2013. My bad. Okay. Double check the uh, novel for me for a sec. The anime adaptation of that came out in 2017. So since watching the movie during the JFF Plus, I've watched the anime. Earlier this week, I finished the novel. Which, funny enough, was published by Amazon themselves. And I was able to get for the Kindle for 99 cents. And 
I cannot recommend all three versions of the same story enough because if you've heard the show in the past, you know I take great interest in an adaptation of anything from one medium to another because I really don't care how much of a how much of a NASCAR crash it could get. I'm one of those that maybe likes to watch the accident. <laughs> right, Mo? Dude. <laughs> Good attitude to have? And I'll state it again. My own view on those type of things is I'm curious to see whoever was doing the adaptation, whether it's the director or the actors or whatever, I want to see what they thought was important from the original source material, what grabbed their attention and what they chose to depict. And just to see how every version, every telling of the, what's basically the same story, how much has changed. Right. And in reading the book and completing basically all three known adaptations of Great Passage, there are slight differences from each version that are so worth noting each and every single time. And to talk about it now uh, would probably be blowing a good chunk of the plot. And maybe beyond what we have time for in the next, oh, however long this episode's going to go. I think it's, la it's late enough on Sunday evening. I don't intend for this episode to get past an hour, although it probably will in some form, but not much more. So, where did we start this conversation earlier? Well... Just in, in what you just said, um, I think that it, it kind of, I don't want to say open my eyes, but um, just, you know, I'm with you as far as really, you know, loving to see different adaptations. Like, as, as much of a not great final product it was, I thought that the Netflix uh, Death Note was, was fascinating. And on the sort of Netflix angle, um, in watching the uh, 2021 Shaman King series recently, I did note that there were things that were cut from the, the manga. Um, oh. So, you know, I, I adore the, the Shaman King manga, as I've probably at least subtly made clear over the, uh, my <laughs> appearances. Um, Since the new year, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, like, I have, I have um, no noticed some of those uh, shifts, um, which I think is interesting because usually what keeps me from seeking out the manga version of something is the assumption that it's going to be relatively similar to um, what the anime is going to be. Um, like I haven't heard that, for example, My Hero Academia, I haven't heard that it deviates too much from the manga. And I've heard that mm -hmm. it even adds things without, uh, you know, breaking canon. So I feel like there's no one like real reason for me to check out the the manga as much as I, I love that series. And I'm more mm. inclined to check out the Vigilante's uh, side story because I'm slightly less sure that that's going to get an animated adaptation. It is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I do read it. Well, what's your thought? 
Oh, I was just going to agree. The, 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 the live-action Death Note adaptation on Netflix, you know, it got shit on a lot, but it's not that bad. I like, you know, Elle's performance. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I like, I, I think I've mentioned this in the past in the podcast, but I like seeing vastly or subtly different takes. Like, I haven't seen the Attack on Titan movie yet, but I like that it goes in a different direction. I like that the... Full Metal Alchemist original anime takes a, a turn. Um, I think it it adds new things to franchises. It lets directors and voice actors and writers kind of try new things. Um, I understand why people wouldn't like it, but I I think it's interesting. And with any sort of you know a changed or derivative or expanded work like. There are going to be changes. And as Mike said, like it, it can be interesting to see, you know, what's important or what people want to focus on um, or even just what changes by virtue of it being in a different medium. Um, I think to another series like D. Gray Man, I think is way more accessible in animated form, as beautiful as as the author's work is, it is a little bit darker and messier and harder to follow. So it's yeah, there's lots of, I think, fascinating uh, things that can come with adaptation. Mm-hmm. I, Interest, I, interesting I, that it doesn't go the other way as often as I think it would. Like, if if there was more manga versions of Western properties or um, a video, well, I guess there are video game ab- adaptations, but um, I know that they've experimented with Marvel and DC manga in the past, and I, I wish they would do more of that. There's this the Iron um, Man stuff was pretty good. Yeah, there's this series where like Joker is taking care of a baby Batman. Like Batman's turned into a baby, and Joker has to raise him, so he still has a Batman to fight one day. So, you know, people are doing creative stuff. <laughs> I will tell you just, and this is. This isn't too much of a spoiler concerning the story behind Great Passage. There's a lot more character development of characters you really didn't think of in that. And obviously, obviously you can only depict and acknowledge so much in an animated and a movie adaptation. So if you came away from those originally and then you thought, okay, what happened here, here, and here, the book kind of plugs those holes in in a good way too or vice versa or anyway but yeah those are you know i mean that's just uh the take uh, i guess a basic takeaway from the from the manga panel at least without jeff hearing <laughs> it your assignment so now you know your assignment for the uh, next episode jeff I feel like in university, I got away with not reading the textbook uh, pretty well, so... Um... Hey, we, we, <laughs> we're cut from the same cloth in that sense, Jeff. I took a I mean, course on comic books and didn't buy The Dark Knight Returns and still did very well on the essays involved in that topic. Yeah, well... um. What's the phrase? Uh, keep faking it until you can't make it anymore or something? Well, I listened. I researched. Um, but yeah, <laughs> fake it till you'll make it, I think, is the yeah. is the quote. Oh, fake it till you make Yeah. Anyway. Well, anything else that, that has your attention this week? 
or should we just uh, get to some of the more main stuff? Oh yeah, Olympic talk. Anything to add from the Olympics now that it's a week done? Or do we wait a little more? And just a quick thought before oh, we move Only on. five months till the next one. <laughs> yeah, that's that. true. That is true. Well, I think the now that the euphoria has uh, ended in Tokyo, and my understanding is as the Olympics happened, all the talk about wanting it canceled, well, and being against the Olympics, at least from the citizens there, it kind of muted because one, it was happening already. And two, Japanese athletes did okay. But now that's yeah, but now that's all done, now comes the best part. The bill. Now the party's over, right? Although there's still the Paralympics to happen in a couple weeks. So people are now curious to see how that's going to affect the COVID case counts there. That's before we talk about here as well. I mean, I don't think it's going to make a big difference. I think everyone's in a fourth wave now, so it's kind of is what it is, right? Right. Well, I mean, I mentioned the I mentioned my work at the um, mass clinics here in Toronto. My uh, that's a contract position, and that contract will expire actually in the coming week. Even though, even though, uh, of course, the pandemic is ongoing, and as noted by Mo. We're now in the midst of a fourth wave, but I think the general consensus is the mass clinics have done their job. It's taken the people who want to get vaccinated through those means already done. So they have to kind of pivot themselves a little bit and rethink how they're going to, how they're going to vaccinate any more people. They but should, they, they should do it the way they did in the Simpsons, um, which is send everyone a letter saying they want a free boat come to this location <laughs> well incentivizing is part it could be part of it right oh well yeah but it sounds like it sounds like the uh the police scam that yeah, yeah. like to use to try and uh exactly. weed out uh, criminals exactly. that they've been trying to find for a long time <laughs> yep i mean yeah there there's some gullibility in there um I think the uh, pivot is more based on well there are people who just can't get around so bring the clinics to them yeah man go door to door that's the next step so we'll see as the concerns continue but but as noted we are now in a fourth wave case counts at least in Ontario they've gone up we were able we were able to get them into the low hundreds couple weeks ago but now we're i think fourth day in a row we the case counts have gotten over 500 wait till we so, get to a thousand man you think we'll get to four digits again oh 100 give it like okay. two weeks or something i think i think the, the issue here is that uh i think the hospitalization rates are not increasing as dramatically right i mean death rate isn't now there's death enough, rate for that matter. right so i mean right now it's just like unvaccinated people getting sick and then being hospitalized but not dying i mean it seems like the cases to death ratio is if not the same similar to what it was in the third wave right like there's yeah i feel like there's been a similar amount of deaths but in terms of the people being infected that are vaccinated versus not vaccinated it leans it leans towards the unvaccinated 
Right. Mm-hmm. But that also gives a chance for the, uh, well, for variants to ultimately mutate and get a, get a new name. I mean, right? I don't think I don't think that's gonna be the case. I feel like for these variants, like most of these, like the Delta came from like what India. Before that, we had the one from the UK, the South African one. I mean, I feel like we're at a point now where the next mutation is gonna be like super dramatic, and we'll get our third shot, and so then then we'll be done, right? Hopefully by next year, we should be out of this pandemic. I think we said that a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you did. Well, Mo, I know your the the course you want to chart tonight was twenty twenty twenty. Yes. And hopefully, the whole oh, we're at twenty. Yeah, nice. minutes. Yeah, we're at twenty minutes. So idle chat's done. Host chat is done, and <laughs> well, let's acknowledge this. James isn't here this week. I know he would sink his teeth more into this story and we'll give him the chance when he does return in whatever form it is whether it's episode 50 or another space eater chat with just him but obviously the big news in the industry side this week is a story that's been we've been following for about a year now and that's the crunchyroll sale to sony which was completed this past week crunchyroll is now officially part of the sony banner and fans rejoice 1.1 billion dollars well spent or (laughs) well there is a lot well first of all there isn't i don't know how much we can add to it aside from what we talked about when the deal was first announced almost a year ago fans i know aren't necessarily enthused about this Oh, but I'm trying to make sense about where things will go next. Go ahead, Kevin. You I can, can picture Gen Fukunaga celebrating with close friends, business associates, and family, like using one of those like guns that shoot out dollar bills and just partying. The money it. guns. <laughs> Seeing like Seeing the fly. Yeah. doing the. <laughs> He uses those guns that shoot out dollar bills, you know. Like, yeah, he's gonna make it rain, buddy. No, 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 yeah, make it rain. That's that's the phrase. Thank you. Thanks, Mo. Make it rain. Just like pouring champagne everywhere. Just having a great time. Yeah, like he just won the Formula One Grand Prix, right? Yeah, um, no, I go just go past the finish the line. Time. Thumbs out. He won Formula One for the fifth time. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> Okay, where, all right, first of all, what happened with the Justice Department review? I mean, obviously we're not going to, we can only speculate and at best give our educated guesses. And as I said, I, uh, look, I'll fully admit, I've only read little bits and pieces. I, we have, I've, I didn't give myself time to do a deep dive because frankly, I've been, well, the, the weekend has already been quite exhausting. Because of work. I mean, the only thing that really got me was that they finally said that they're going to create a unified like subscription system. So, you know, sooner or later, Funimation and Crunchyroll just become one, ah, one let's thing. Let's go right? back. I'm curious to go back to that a bit later on. The, 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 the quote was, we are committed to creating the ultimate anime experience for fans and presenting a unique opportunity for our key partners, publishers, and the immensely talented creators to continue to deliver this masterful content to the audience around the world. 
Maybe they can call it Verve. <laughs> Which, by the way, I think I think they I think yep. Well, that was part of Crunchyroll yeah. too. That was part of Crunchyroll, and they've taken that in too. They have, yes. <laughs> which means that they have a. Which means that now they officially have their own their fingers slightly. Oh, wait, this doesn't sound right. Totally. Well, they they have their they have now something to do with high dive because Verve has high dive within its umbrella. Uh, I, th- I was thinking more like the rooster teeth stuff, right? And rooster teeth too. Yes. Well, okay, somebody, uh, maybe somebody can speak to this just a little bit. We talked, talked last year about anime being more in, within one of those big pillars in Sony's plans moving forward, maybe leveraging it into, like leveraging is a big word, uh, key word in, in when we talk about this deal. But I was also thinking, you know, how to integrate it into PlayStation services as well. It's a smart move. Has it really shown up? Has Funimation ever really shown up in the PlayStation store, like prominently? Has and will Crunchyroll figure into that? How like how how will these anime services really figure into PlayStation services? Like here's here's your unified here's that unified subscription service. I'm thinking about. I mean, that's a smart. Or is it too early to say? It's a smart move on their end. I mean, do like the Apple type situation where you just have. A bunch of services under one umbrella. Um, I think it'll be a little while before Sony has anything like that, anything like that up. Maybe for like the PS6. Let's see. You it think would be interesting. Think- it'd be interesting if they folded it into their subscription model for the um, PlayStation Online. Um, I don't know if they would do that. They might want to keep it game focused, but it would be an interesting way to maybe get some some crossover in there. I think that's that sounds like the more likely scenario. Especially when you heard word earlier this month or in the last couple of weeks, Netflix plans to integrate a streaming video game service into their services, oh, into man. their streaming services in the near future without at no extra charge. Although that might be one of those limited time things, which has me thinking about the possible unified service that Mohammed brought up. Because... I think it, one hope that one hope was always that Crunchyroll and Funimation could ultimately unite in subscribers or wouldn't have to worry about buying two separate services with an increased amount of overlap. Dude, Although, you know, I, was, I was sorry to interrupt there, but the whole Netflix gaming thing, this actually makes more sense because I know a couple of the titles that were going to be on there were like Sony exclusive titles. So maybe they get together in the future under that unified system. Mm-hmm. But here, okay. So going back to the whole subscription thing, and, and I don't really know. I'm curious to see what, how Netflix will handle that. I'm really curious because to be fair to Apple, they, they, they made agreements and have their Apple arcade and have compatibilities with, with all types of um, video game controllers. I'm really curious to see how ultimately Netflix will pull that off. That I don't doubt they could. It's just I'm just curious what type of like if you need a control if controllers would be involved, how do you figure that since they don't really have that? It's all they're not like for Netflix, there isn't a, they don't have really a hardware presence like an Apple does, like Google has tried to develop in recent years for yeah. and could have made and might make work with Stadia. Later in, in, into the future, 
obviously Sony, the much this Sony has that for like God knows, but Netflix, Netflix doesn't have a hardware presence. It's all soft. It's all services and soft and at best software, but nothing hardware. So, so that's what has my attention on that, uh, on that story. Okay. Going back to the unified service. Yes or no. In the interim, do not expect to see Crunchyroll and Funimation merge into one service, but expect, oh. wait, wait, but, ex but do not be shocked if you get like a, well, you can subscribe to both for this one low price. Yeah. The bundling, I mean, a yeah. bundle, yeah, yeah. Bundle them together for a lower, for a lower price than if you subscribe to them separately for some time. I wonder, it keeps the money going, but you know, I wonder if people dollar, would, dollar billio, I wonder know, if they, people would look at that and just say like, it's going to be one service in a year. Why would I do this now? Cause it's, it's likely going to be more than just choosing one. Um, like even a, if it's a reduced price and I feel that for a lot of people, they'll, they'll just say, I'll just subscribe to one and either pirate or visit my friend's house who has the other one uh share passwords yeah exactly i mean there's a concern also about the robustness of both systems i mean i was watching crunch uh, anecdotally i i the times i've watched crunchyroll most recently when i was watching Tsukika and tony uh tony kawa there was a lot of lag in the uh, when i was watching crunchyroll there's a lot of potential as well but it sounds like the streaming technologies between behind the two services need to improve quite a bit. Like there's issues there, right? Oh, yeah. There's issues, a lot of uh, technical issues, which, which doesn't mean they can't be figured out. And, you know, we're talking Sony, they, despite their issues, they're still up there. Well, we'll see if they figure it out. I, I don't expect them to figure it out. Not and, why, and why would they? They they don't have much competition anyway. Well, they don't have to. Well, there, there's no motivation in that sense. Let's on the topic of competition and how how the deal passed the sniff test. Does anyone have a thought as to how it did? Does anyone make have any sense as to how it could have? It's non-essential service, so they don't care as much. Exactly. Plus, you know, it's changing administrations, you know, maybe slip through the cracks. Who knows? Can you fathom a guess, Jeff? I, I'll, I'll fathom mine. I, I don't right have after. a, I don't have a solid guess, but I, I do wonder, and I, I'm, I am slightly bitter that Verve never came to Canada, but I, I can't help but wonder if they saw, oh, hey, you, you guys used to be part of the same, you know, collaborative streaming thing like five years ago. This is fine. That might have been used as an argument. The past collaboration, like in many respects, it hasn't changed anything. And we were worried about the end of that collaboration when it happened, too. Like this is one of those you can't please everybody type lines, right? My take on the sniff test is, well, I've sort of hinted at it already. Remember, anime is the center of our universe, 
as I've said in the past, but that universe isn't all that big. It's getting bigger enough that companies are noticing it and trying to get on the head of it. So maybe give Sony a little credit in that sense. And question how badly AT&T is in debt because maybe they could have leveraged Crunchyroll into something in the future. Although no, I guess they want to I focus mean, on HBO Max. Go ahead. Sorry. But uh, let me finish this thought, okay, Mo? And then I'll let you chime in. Uh, I, think they, I think they've also come to the conclusion, well, where's the competition going to come from in the future? It may not come from a dedicated anime service. It may come from other established streamers, other established distributors who are looking to get into the anime space themselves using their might. Netflix, Amazon, Peacock, and Universal. They've all made certain curiosities and investments, and you've seen stuff come up. I mean, Ghibli, once again, on HBO Max. So... Like, I mean, it's a stockpile of libraries and to, to appeal to that. And they want that, their pot, those companies want to be able to get their share through their present services too. Okay, sorry, sorry, Mo. I mean, that, it's an incomplete thought because it's a thought that's going to ultimately evolve with time. Uh, Mo, sorry. No, I'm just, because I know AT&T has been selling off a whole bunch of stuff. I'm just curious as to like what their future play is going to be with all this. Their future is within HBO, I guess. <laughs> Which, which leads me to a, a final, another thought. It's, and it's always worth noting. This is all Sony we're talking about here. Every studio, every major movie studio in North America, and this is once again regurgitating a point we've brought up in past episodes. So there's plenty of, uh, of, of, uh, of time to expand this, to hear what we've said about it in the past, but I'll bring, bring it up again. Just about every movie studio now has its own tied-in streaming service. Warner Brothers has HBO Max. Universal now has Peacock. There's a word that uh, Amazon is gonna looking to buy MGM. And with it, the rights to the next James Bond movie. Oh, really? Sony doesn't have that. They had Crackle. That's not in their portfolio any further. But they don't really have a platform themselves. I mean, okay, CBS, Paramount, Paramount Plus. There's another example, right? Disney Plus. After all that, I forgot to mention Disney. <laughs> and they have one and they have the top and they have arguably be number two right now. In or three, or three, or three. Or who would be number two? Who, like we know who number one is. Who's I number mean, two? yeah, Netflix, Prime, and then Disney Plus. That's that's oh, all we see. Who you think it's Prime? Okay, cool. I mean, Prime's, yeah, looking, Prime, Prime's looking to get look, Prime's looking to get James Bond into the into their umbrella. Exactly. Sony doesn't have that for all its might. We've remember we've uh, I've brought up a uh, well. They've had all the pieces in the past. They had all the pieces to make a, a, a the smartphone. They had all the, like, like over in the, as they went from hard, hard to soft, from hardware to software, soft and services. They went soft. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> as in, like, the thing is, remember, and this has been like a line of thinking we had when we when we talked with Matt Alt, because he sort of hinted at it at the end of um, Pure Invention, which is, by the way, now in softcover. They had the pieces. They had the games. They had the hardware. They had the movies, the entertainment, uh, entertainment um, divisions, the services. But they couldn't put it together to, to, start, to start the smartphone revolution themselves. Somehow Apple did it. And they, they kind of went the other way around, built that hardware. And now they're, now they're trying to play catch up with their services, Apple, mm-hmm. Apple TV. You know, Sony could just buy another service sooner or later. Like, like, like Netflix? Like Hulu. Or something. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, think of an example, but you know, something like no, that. For this, for, we're playing hypotheticals. The thing is, you you could say they could buy a service, or they can make one because they have the library to make one. Matter of fact, they now own two. I think it's just a they just want to consolidate that, make it a establish it as a brand, I guess, or make it or go with an established brand because it. Sony is a brand in and of itself. I'm telling you, man, they're going to wait out this current war of streaming services and then PS6 comes around and bam, brand new streaming service. Oh, that's another five. That's at least another half decade to go. I, I don't assuming, know. Man. <laughs> assuming, assuming anybody uh, really settles in and gets a PS5. I mean, exactly, man. We're all going to jump that first generation, go straight I mean, to PS6. That's the problem. We might end up at the rate things are going. <laughs> like so, we're almost a year into the, P- into the, into the PlayStation 5 era. Yep. Can't still, still can't find one. <laughs> oh, you can right? find one if you try hard enough. I know, but get but I have enough headaches in my life. So the the topic of branding, um, I'm not sure. I'm I'm posting in the in the chat. But if uh, any of you saw um, Jesse Bedridge um, liked a post by um, one at Bob Servo. Uh, that reads, my only thoughts about the Funimation Crunchyroll merger. I hope the Funimation brand gets checked in the trash, uh, chucked in the trash because it comes from an era when publishers wanted to disguise the Japaneseness of their products, um, which, as Jesse mentioned, is an inter- interesting take. Um, I'm not sure Crunchyroll is too much better. Um, I guess it, it's, I guess, more vaguely Japanese, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair. Well, it's an interesting point, right? And, and like, how... I guess Crunchy, Crunchyroll, like in terms of recognition to fandom, which one works better? Could be could be Crunchyroll because Crunchyroll is seen as the victim brand in this, I guess. The underdog, but on, on, it has its own story. Obviously because of, a, a almost of story. because of that, I feel that Funimation would come out on top. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's yeah. it's the more it's the more at home name almost maybe purely because of Dragon Ball, um, you know people maybe they don't know their new logo, um, but they know the name. Um, it's at, in the beginning of all those Dragon Ball and and Hiroaka movies that have come out in the last five ten years. You um, you as well. Yeah, like and I I'm not I'm not I'm not in love with either of these names, but I think either of them would maybe be better than Sony entertainment anime division. Well, I guess you're right too, or Anaplex for that matter. Because I mean, they have a whole load of different names under that, um, under that anime umbrella. So So, uh, it'll be interesting to see which one they ultimately go with. Do you think they'll, they will pick one or do you think they might try to something new? 
Sony Plus. <laughs> it, it'll be interesting. I, it's actually, I think it's a fair question because branding kind of matters, but you're right. How corporate do you want to get? Because, well, we've had this discussion too. And anime, will the anime likes revolution? And will the service have more than anime on it? Um, whatever they call it, like if it does have live action yeah. content or again, American content, will they stick with something like Funimation or Crunchyroll that has you know linguist or like you know word hooks to animation or like historical hooks to the the subbing industry or the mm-hmm. grassroots industry, I guess. Mm-hmm. Could we look at Crave as a possible example? The way they tier themselves. I don't know if we want to go that route because it means you have to. Sometimes it's just in order to get to Crave's HBO tier, you have to go with the basic tier. You can't really pick and choose. You just have to choose one level, and then if you want the next level, you have to choose the first level first before into the second level. Do you think there's, that there is a path for both Crunchyroll and Funimation to coexist, even under the Sony umbrella? Like under just the names? Yeah, like just the branding. Like, is there any oh, any way the, that they could brand it, certain series as Crunchyroll and certain ones as Funimation? Ah, well. Well, in the past. I, I get the feeling. Well, okay. The thing is, and that, that probably comes back. Now we start to bring in the whole Crunchyroll originals. Like, we want to talk at length about it in this episode. I don't think we'll get that time now. Well, in the past, what they did was that they threw all the Japanese language material onto Crunchyroll, and then Funimation would host all their English dubs on their end. That was the that was the collaboration back then. Yeah. like In theory, that could still happen, but I highly doubt both names will coexist. I get the feeling uh, I get the feeling one or both could be eliminated at some point. I think it'll be Crunchyroll. I think they should keep Crunchyroll. I think it has the better I actually feel like Crunchyroll has the better brand recognition amongst the current fan, fandom like like the the subtitle watching fan base, but I I don't think that will last for very long. Well, what what becomes of the Funimation name? Do you see it you can, being used still, you, or do you well, see it bought out going who? the way? Who bought out I mean, who, right? I'm sorry? Who bought out who? Funima- Funimation bought Crunchyroll. Would they really dissolve the Funimation name as the people who bought out their competitor? It depends on it, it depends on which one, which uh, name has the better... What is it? Has Rec- the better? I think, well, testing. not just recognition, but the better goodwill. You underestimate better, I think ego in this. I feel like, I think ego would play into this decision. It, I think it would make more sense to keep Crunchyroll around long term. They should keep both. Yeah, I think they should mm, keep both too. Well, that that I, I'm putting that off the table though. <laughs> yeah, it's not there realistic. can be only one. Can't wait for the Highlander remake, by the way. <laughs> huh. I, mean, I they, just they they should they should do where it's um anything new they should be called they should go with Crunchyroll because I believe the fan base is there and then label all their classic stuff you know Funimation classic and then everything new is called Crunchyroll Originals right wouldn't that be better? Well, you could see. I mean, could I could we see a scenario where we end up like 
Could we see Columbia and then TriStar? Exactly. Maybe. Definitely maybe. Because we see it in di- within Disney as well. But keep in mind, because Sony has been buying up the foreign streaming services too, you don't see Wakanim's name around. You don't see Madman's name around anymore. I think because they just want to complete their domination first before they're before they start relabeling. Yeah, well, I, I why get the would feeling would not be exempt then. Mm, well, In maybe Crunchyroll is the name that'll ultimately emerge. I mean, I, I the thing is, I think everything. I think their plans were on hold all this time because this was the big deal for them, and they want to complete all that they were going to do before they went with whatever marketing plan they were going to go forth with. They should have a contest. Crunchyroll versus Funimation. Who wins? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Just call it Funroll. <laughs> hey. Well, as I said, there's a lot more to this. I know when uh, James rejoins us as well, we'll revisit it. And I think, do you want to put aside the whole um, Crunchyroll Originals line? I know we want to talk a little bit more about it. And there's some timeliness to it with with uh, the premiere of Pirate Princess over the last couple of weeks on Adult Swim, out of all things, which is under the Warner umbrella that Crunchyroll just left. And I think that's another little wrinkle to the story. I think we, I'd like to explore just a little more. But we're like, now we're 46 minutes into this. And we didn't really, we just want to give a hot take. Or just a thought. But can we, um, can we... Let's table it for next week. Yeah, let's uh, table it for, oh yeah, fifth week in a row. Whenever we do, uh, whenever we do <laughs> the, the next the, episode. The shambling corpse that is Crunchyroll Originals. Mm-hmm. The, 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 well, there was a trailer for High Guardian Spice with Coming Soon. That means it still exists. In the hearts <laughs> of fans. <laughs> well, it, it, it does have my attention. As I said, I've only... Because they can't get it out... Yeah, well, yeah, and and I guess that's another question mark. So I, I do want to explore what becomes of that, and within all of this mess of the whole thing of the whole finalization of the sale. So there's another, there's a bunch of other angles we haven't realized, and I think we've taken up too much time, or more time than we wanted to, at, the, at least at this point in the weekend, which is ending. So you want to hold up and we'll uh, talk about it further next episode? Yes. Maybe next week? Yes. Okay. Okay. Jeff? Sure hey, thing. We're okay with that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think I, I still want to wrap my head around and read a, read a little more up on this. And maybe watch a couple attempts at the Crunchyroll originals, uh, aside from Tony Kawa. Okay. Let's take the break. When we return, Mohammed wants to play a game. If it works out, maybe we'll do it again next year at Anime North. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And then we'll end off tonight with uh, looking back on the life of Fred Ladd, who passed away this week. We'll say some uh, words before we end it off tonight. But let's take the break. Back with, li- with a little more after this. It's the Anime Roundtable on the Six Talk Podcast Network. Do Japanese people have longer intestines than Westerners? Can sexy things give you anime-style nosebleeds? 
Why are vegetables so insulting in Japanese? If you want to find out the answers to those questions and many others, then I've got a podcast for you. It's called Ichimon Japan. That's I C H I M O N Japan. Ichimon means one question, and every episode we ask a question about Japan and dig deep into that topic. So if that sounds interesting to you, check us out at japankyo.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And the podcast now continues. Nicholas Ng, Greg Shamarki, continuing the conversation with you in front of a virtual audience. Thank you for listening and online via the Six Talk Podcast Network official podcast, Anime North. It's like our first break we've taken in a couple months. But Mohammed kind of insisted on it. I mean, you know. I think the audience needs a break every once in a while. <laughs> well, the audience doesn't really see anything because we just get back to right to it. From that would be, that would be a unique podcast take to make the audience wait for as long as the uh, host actually <laughs> break for. Yeah, been a little bit. Well, we 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 did, we did want to reset because we're gonna do a bit of an experiment now in this uh, final back end of the show. No bullets this week. Not really bullets. But Muhammad wanted to play a little game. And I guess this is sort of, well, okay, let's, let, let's preface this. I'm going to do a quick preface. Earlier this week, on the topic of Sony, Sony announced the new permanent host for Jeopardy in light of Alex Trebek's death back in November. They finally announced his replacements. And I, and I have to say, use the word replacements because they decided on two permanent hosts. Current executive producer Mike Richards will become the new regular host. And Mayim Bialik, she of Big Bang Theory and Blossom and Call Me Cat presently, who by all accounts because I didn't watch the episodes, did a great job when she guest hosted the show for a couple weeks a few months ago, has also been retained and will be a host for primetime specials and special tournaments. So the successors for Alex Trebek have been determined. Now, how does this all tie into this segment? Well, one of the popular subjects on both Jeopardy and its sister program, Wheel of Fortune, was a category called Before and After. Which leads us to Mohammed's idea. Uh, take it from here, Wink. Yes, yes. As Mike has preference, yes, this is like that. Uh, I call it the anime-anime game. It's inspired by the movie-movie game. It's where you take uh, two animes, kind of squish them together. After I read a clue, you then tell me that the animes, right? Um, I only got a handful, so we're going to test this out real quick. And, uh, and by the way, Anime North fans, pay attention. This could be an idea for the next live episode we do. Not necessarily online, but in person. And um, Anime North Game Show production staff, um, you can turn off, your, turn off the episode right now. Okay. <laughs> Shoot. 
Don't tell me the file just uh, crashed on you, Mo. Absolutely not. Come on, guys. I was building anticipation here. <laughs> all right. All right. So uh, first question. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fairly straightforward one. I think everyone's going to get this one. Inspired by volleyball ace Little Giant, middle schooler solves the Millennium Puzzle to take on his alter ego to fight the forces of eagle with a card game. Wait, so how do we say, do I, how do I raise my hand or buzz or whatever? Well, just, 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 just cut each other off. IQ, well, Yu-Gi-Oh. Ding, 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 ding. We got a wow, winner that's there. Pretty good. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Hi, I'm, Yu-Gi-Oh? Yep, yeah. IQ, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, good, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Oh, you're supposed to text combine, like, the, like, the last syllable of the first word and the first. Yeah, you do that. And, or one word kind of melds into the other. Oh, you're, would, uh, oh, you're supposed to do that. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Usually the titles end up sharing a syllable more often than not a word, but let's say a syllable uh, to okay. start. Hakyugyo. Yeah, that, that works. Okay. Go on. Mo. Yeah, guys. On to the next question. <laughs> 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 All right, let's try a remix of that real quick. Um, inspired by volleyball ace little giant, middle schooler dies, saving a young boy only to find himself in the spirit realm, where he becomes a spirit detective, throwing the evil presence on Earth. Hi, Q, you Haku show. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I swear, I, I have. Are all I of these going to just be high and then you? <laughs> <laughs> no, just I the think first. I'll just let Kevin and uh, I think I'll just let Kevin and Jeff go battle royale <laughs> on each other here. No, no. Uh, uh, the next ones are different. I, I think. I think uh, Mike might know this next one. Hi, um... <laughs> Fuji Yugi. Or <laughs> no, no. Okay, okay. A legendary assassin abandons their bloodshed. Uh, bloodstained lifestyle in an effort to repent for their sins when a demon drags them into a cursed well on the grounds of their family's Shinto shrine. Oh boy. See, I recognize the first part, but I don't recognize the second Guru part. Ninu Yasha. There you go. For God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking too hard. Oh, I, I, had, I, I had more clues if that was getting hard like i wrote extra clues for that so for instance i would say instead of hitting bottom of the well uh they find themselves ending up 500 years in the past where the demon's true target a wish granting jewel called the psycon jewel do those and, series and, and you know you'll, and you know you'll get added by inuyasha fans okay <laughs> do those series take place in the same time I'm guessing maybe. I mean, what, tech, Inuyasha? Tech, Inuyasha and then Kenshin. Kenshin. Kenshin takes place like in the early years of the Meiji era. And I think Inuyasha, you're going centuries back. Okay. Because I know Inuyasha was like when guns were invented, but. No, that was still, that was still some centuries back. Okay. I would, I would, I would say, uh, I would say 1500s easily, but uh, I'm probably, but what the hell do I know? But I'm pretty sure. No, no, I think you're right. By the time late 1800s happened, guns were guns had been yeah. <laughs> established enough in Japan by that point. Okay. All right, next one, guys. Next one. With the Great War finally over, this former soldier takes a job at a postal service 
after a chance encounter uh, with a girl on a train. Sorry, <laughs> after a chance encounter saving a girl from a drunken man on the train, the soldier finally works up the courage to confess his feelings. Huh. Well, I, I haven't watched enough lately, so. Devin? Jeff? I, I feel like this will date me, but part of that sounds like Densha Otoko, but, or Train Man, but the other part I can't really think of. Uh, the Great Wars. Go, 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 go. It was just with Postal, like, is Tagami Bachi any there anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great manga. I, I love that. that. That is one I actually read as a manga. And not the anime. I, I love that book. Yeah, the anime does not do the art justice in that. I'll, I'll give a hint. Uh, Kevin was right on the second one. The first one is uh, Violet Evergarden. So oh. we're looking at. So it goes Violet Evergarden Show Otako. Oh, oh wow. That was, that was a little rough. Yep, yep. <laughs> trying a little too hard. I like that. I like that that if you think tough, if, if you think that's rough, wait for the next one. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question: High schooler dies saving a mysterious girl from a monster, only to be revived with a kagani to fight Humunculus. Uh, as him and his family settle in for the fourth time, only to be given a straw hat from a pretty girl. See, the, the straw hat part. The Shanks is a guy. Say it again. Like, yeah, yeah read, read through the prompt one more time. No problem, no problem, no problem. High schooler dies saving a mysterious girl from a monster only to be revived with a... Kagane. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's K-A-K-U-G-A-N-E. Um, there you go. <laughs> to fight Humunculus. As him and his family who all have powers, settle in for the fourth time, only to be given a straw girl, a, a straw hat from a pretty girl. Well, the second part is a reference to Kimmy Orange Road. Which is certainly. Which, which is correct. The first one's a little harder. I, I think the key there is like, uh, um, Kagane. Uh, 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 complete it. Kimagure Orange Road, really? There you go, there you go. That's a bit of a stretch there. Because his, ah. his kin is Uso Ren Kin, but it's Kim, it's K-I-M is for Kimagure Orange Road. We're getting... I like the idea. I was like, of course it means you're fine. very familiar, and I did read Buso Rankin, so I was like, oh, is that Buso Rankin? <laughs> Alright, la- last one, guys, last one, guys. A bully high schooler takes up boxing when one day he finds a goldfish that becomes human only to cause the moon to fall out of orbit. Wow. I'll admit, I haven't seen the second one, um, so there might be more to the plot of that movie, but yeah. Well, with the boxer, what does that refer to? Oh, I mean, I assume everyone knew the first one, right? Bully yeah. high schooler who takes up boxing. Well, I'm assuming there, there's you know, several I boxing. Ip- I would assume it's Ippo and not yeah. no Joe. But no, it's Ippo. It's Ippo. It's Ippo. What was that new one? The box with the robot. Megalobox. Okay, Megalobox. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
But so the uh, the gold the the, uh, the goldfish that causes the moon to fall out of orbit. Um, that's that's Ponyo. So it's uh, Hijima oh. Imp- oh. <laughs> That that was an that was an okay one. Hajime no Ponyo. Oh. That's good. Way to go. I, 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 I like that one. I like that one. And and that's it, guys. Clever, clever. I, I, think, I would say it's all. I would say a solid B. I, I think what <laughs> tripped me up. B. I think what tripped me up over the last one is that uh, in in, I guess uh, bowing to uh, um, the creator's wishes, I I rarely consider Ghibli anime anymore. <laughs> 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 like I, I wasn't even thinking about Ghibli as a possibility for one of these options. <laughs> Whether 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 he likes it or not. <laughs> anyway, I like the idea. I, I do. I do like the idea. I think visuals would wor- would work in the future. So maybe uh, the Anime North Game Show crew might be want to pay some attention to this. This was fun. That was actually not bad. I couldn't get a single one, but and I, and honestly, I try. I pushed with the Kimigori Orange Rogues, and you like that so much. You tried, and thank you for trying. Yeah. So that was worth a... No, it was worth a go, so thanks for trying it. And I would say let's uh, we can put that as part of the game, as part of our little games, right? And I, I think that, we like, can try in the future. within the game, I think I thought that you did a really good job with the, the straw hat thing, because, you know, Kevin and I were both thinking One Piece, um, <laughs> which, you know, I, I think would have kind of played out in a in a studio audience environment too and then you'd have some people who would realize um it was a different series mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I, I thought the uh the choices you know the the middle at the end there some of them were a bit of a stretch but the uh <laughs> i think the decisions for the anime were really good do you want to pitch this to the uh, anime north game show crew I, I mean i guess we could wait till that happens it's, it's only august right <laughs> yeah it's true it's kind of early but it it isn't a bad idea it certainly uh, will make some people's brains spin a little bit, but I thought that was a a noble attempt. I thought it was a, it wasn't a bad attempt at all. Of course, nothing's perfect. There's always better on the topic of uh, Canadian elections, because that was a catchphrase of Justin Trudeau, and they did announce an election today here in in this country. But yeah, that's another story. Did. So I'm sure we'll talk about that at least one more time in the next 36 days, I believe it is, before the uh, ballots have to be counted. How awesome is it that Canadian elections can be called that fast and can only last that (laughs) long? (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, yeah. Imagine how many more billions of dollars it would be if it was a year like our neighbors down south. Dude, imagine um, if imagine if they had the power to just call elections whenever. I can see like Trump calling an election every like six months and then claiming he won every time. Well, <laughs> can we not talk about that anyway. anymore. Anyway, he's you know he still he still says he won the last one. Okay. Well, thanks for the thought. Is there anything else you want to add to your um, to this new idea? What, what do we call it again? The anime anime game. The anime anime game. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to add to that? Nope. Visuals? Do you think I mean, visuals would help? I mean, I'm, I'm guess, I mean, it would, like, question-wise, because I wouldn't have to, like, keep reading the questions. You guys can, like, read it. Re- yeah, kind of like on a prompt. Okay, yeah, I get yeah. it. 
and then maybe a mash and then maybe as a and then maybe show both the series you're referring to side by side that would make sense yeah yeah it it, it would have a good you would need a visual component and uh, heavens knows we still stick with faces for radio here but uh thanks for the thought thanks for the attempt that was actually a, a nice way to uh start to end things off on uh, on this sunday night if you if you plan enough in advance you could commission art to actually fuse the anime for the victory uh, i mean i mean screens well while mike was mentioning visuals all i kept thinking was haikyuu yu hoku show with like <laughs> spiking oh, and then like a spirit gun <laughs> Hey, hey! You now that you added another element and another idea from Jeff <laughs> commissions, maybe uh, maybe if they're artist alleys, uh, artist alley or comic market artists who are interested in playing along, let us know. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let Squirrely know about this idea because they're they're prominent in co- in the comic market. So this might be a thought for the future, Mo. If you don't mind. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. Anyway, thanks for thanks for that. We'll do the bullets again next episode and go through a few more headlines because heavens knows news is always abound. So on that note, we're gonna end off this evening by remembering a pioneer. It was announced earlier this week that Fred Ladd passed away. His death was announced earlier this week. He had actually passed away back on August 3rd. Uh, by all counts, natural causes. Let me just uh, look this up. Yeah, he died at the age of 94. Fred Ladd is considered a pioneer in this business because he introduced Japanese animated cartoons to North America when he brought over Astro Boy and sold it to various NBC outlets in the 60s. That's really as much as you need to know about what he accomplished. He's the guy who started the fire in many ways. I personally cannot make uh, say too much, having never really crossed paths with him, or any real memories of ever seeing him in person. I know the name. I know what he did. But if you really want to start to have get some of those memories, Mike Tool earlier this week put up a great article about his encounter with Fred Ladd at Anime Week in Atlanta in 2003. That's worth a read. Obviously, there are a bunch of other other tributes online. He did appear at Anime North, I believe, in 2001 and won the Momiji Award at a luncheon. Eileen McAvoy on her Facebook page, I can tell you, and I don't think it's on the Anime North uh, pages, but she put this on her own personal page. She put up some photos of his appearance at that luncheon and at Anime North that year. Personally, it was from a time that I wasn't... um, regularly going, so I can't speak to it. And that's why I can't really speak too much about any any other memories I'd have for Fred Ladd. Two I can 
relay as we end off tonight. Speaking briefly with Matt Alt. Matt Alt uh, cites that as a regret that he never met him. But he very much knew what he did. And last but not least, somebody else whose legacy also includes Astro Boy in North America, Fred Schott. When I asked him, he just said, Fred was a gentleman with a fabulous sense of humor, sharp as a tack. Interpreting through him was always rough because he spoke fast and always used a lot of jokes. I got to know him and his wife, Eileen. And he added that um, he's act- he was also close with his daughter as well. And that's how he found out about his passing. So uh, once again, Fred Ladd gone at the age of 94. Okay, that's, that's my ramble. Do you guys want to add anything to that one before we end off tonight? I don't know if there's anything else I could add that because this is all just really haven't given it too much thought, but I certainly respect what he, what he's done. Just looking at the resume. I, I think reading through the article that was, um, that Mo linked on anime news network, um, to find out that he had a, a, at least a small early hand to play in sailor moon, um, especially as um, here in Ontario and, you know, as, as a Canadian uh, fan of, of anime, like, you know, that definitely, <clears throat> you know, has, you know, it's, it's kind of fascinating to hear that, you know, the person who brought, you know, anime to North America also, you know, at least had a small hand into that. Um, but the main thing that stood out to me about his contribution um, was his part in the now you know, somewhat famous story of adding lyrics to the Astro Boy opening. Um, and I, I love anime openings maybe more than the series themselves sometimes. And, you know, it's interesting that he sort of inadvertently, you know, invented the anime opening, as I think the article states. You know what? Now that you bring it up, as everything goes in further outside influence in Japanese animated productions. There's one thing that you hope never happens. You know how some shows just so that they can keep the, keep the time and have that time to themselves kind of omit the opening theme song sitcoms uh, went like CNN did the documentary about sitcoms and they went and they went an entire segment about opening theme songs. It's an art form when it comes to anime. The Annie song, the 90-second opening, it's an art form. And you hope, with all that's going on, that is not in danger. It could be. And Fred Ladd, but now that you bring it up, Fred Ladd may have had something to do with it, with some of that, right? At least the popularity of it, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely with you. Like, I think I I would probably literally mourn the loss of, of the anime opening if it was phased out in the same way it was uh, other forms of television. Mm-hmm. Kevin, Mo, you have anything to add before we end off tonight? Uh, the little bit in the ANN article that Mike Tool wrote where 
he eventually formed his own company from the sounds of it and then and then they ended up putting out the original Tetsujin 28 I actually didn't know that I was like oh that's pretty cool and I also <laughs> do agree with the whole segment on the like the anime opening I actually didn't know that either so it was it, it was a pretty insightful read I was like oh like there's a lot of things not a lot of things, but there were things that happened throughout his career that he helped burn, and he he was involved in having certain things happen as they do now. I was like, oh wow, this is pretty pretty cool. Well, nope, nothing else from your from your end. No, or, okay. There isn't really much else to add. Just a thank you. Because uh, I see, I mean, I, I always like to harp on the theme. Okay, younger fans don't know about the stories from the past. So here's a good one. Here's a real good one for you. And all you can really say is thank you. Because he did start something real. He did start a good fire, didn't he? Keeps us all warm in many ways. Anyway, that's all we got for this episode. Once again, if you have any questions or comments or want to get the rights for Anime Anime off of Mohamed Shamarki, contact us first. AnimeRoundtable at gmail.com is our email address. You can also uh, chime in on the conversation as it was tonight. Twitter and Instagram, once again, at Anime Roundtable, AnimeRoundtable.com for past episodes. And wherever you're hearing this, if you can, please uh, please give us a, a review because reviews, and especially good reviews, could help us in the algorithm and help us find more listeners. And of course, uh, word of mouth is always helps as well. We would love your five-star reviews and wherever they allow you to do that. We typically do episodes once every other week, although this is now the fourth episode we've done in consecutive weeks. But regardless, wherever you're listening to this, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can be notified whenever something new drops. So, until... Probably next week when we do a fifth episode in, in consecutive weeks. Thanks for listening. Good night from Toronto. And join us again for another edition of the Anime Roundtable. Who would think next episode is going to be episode 50? It's a big five zero. Yeah, makes me feel old. <laughs>